Christ above us, Christ below us, Christ before us, Christ behind us, Christ beside us, Christ within us. Amen. Please be seated. Here we all are on Christmas Day. All of you are to be commended for going to church on this, the feast day of the Nativity of our Lord. One of the things I love about being Episcopalian that I didn't have growing up, because I was an Episcopalian, is that all the churches in my hometown, but the Episcopal Church and the Roman Catholic Church, shut down on Christmas Day. And so, for some of you, we're the only game in town, so you're here. And for some of you, you have an appreciation of starting the feast day of the Nativity of our Lord by coming to church. Good work. But you know, something made you put on nice clothes or put on the first thing that you found on the floor when you woke up this morning and come here today. You're here. Some of you, I bet, were curious about what it was like to go to church on Christmas Day. Maybe you've never come to church on Christmas Day before. And I hope for many of you, if this is your first time, that this is the first of many times that you darken our doors here at All Saints. Because see, the feast day of the Nativity of our Lord is a big deal. I mean, we all know that, right? It's why we spend all this money and we open gifts and we go to parties and we say Merry Christmas all the time, even though technically you're not supposed to say it till today. It's worth getting out to church for. So we could say that some of us, maybe many of us, perhaps all of us in this room are fans of this day. Maybe even we're fans of Christmas. My nephew Seth Black was down here on Sunday. He goes to college up in Nashville, and he was our guest musician for our SNL Christmas Spectacular Sunday night. And we were on our way home. I noticed he had on this elastic wristband, and it had the words, Not a Fan, on it. And I had a feeling it had something to do with Christianity, because Seth is, is a, a, a pretty uh, serious and uh, in, intensely involved young man who's Christian. And he said it was. He said it was based, it was from a book by an evangelist named Kyle Eidelman called Not a Fan. And they used it in a Bible study. And Seth said, you know, the, the book was okay. Uh, some of it I didn't like so much, but I like the idea that Kyle repeats throughout the book where he says that we're not called to be fans of Jesus, but we're called to be followers of Christ. You know, we all understand being fans, and I think that's why not a fan really resonates. Because, um, you know, we're all fans of something. I mean, you can think of, of many things right now. You know, Will Ferrell, Coen Brothers, and Wes Anderson films, Antico Pizza, Bacon Caramel Donuts, Old Fashions, Cauliflower, The Cookbooks of Isa Chandra Moskowitz, Eating Out at Watershed Restaurant, I mean, for you, the list goes on and on, and I'm sure yours are different from mine. But if I were to sit down and talk with you for a long time, and we were just to talk about stuff, at some point, something that you were a huge fan of would come up in the conversation. You would tell me about your fandom of this, that, or another thing. 
And you know, it's not hard on Christmas Day to be a fan of Christmas. And it's not even hard to be a fan of Jesus. I mean, even Richard Dawkins, a notorious atheist, wears a t-shirt that says, Atheist for Jesus. A lot of people appreciate Jesus. And his story, especially on this day, is irresistible. Born to this innocent young mother, sleeping in a barn because I can't find a room. Angels coming down, a star settling over this this barn. Shepherds watching over their flocks, being interrupted from their sleep by an angelic host. Who doesn't get chill bumps listening to to Handel or Bach tunes or, or, or even the song that we heard last night by Eric Nelson and Catherine Lee? Over the millennia, it has inspired all manner of gorgeous art in every media imaginable. Because this story is irresistible. And when it comes to Jesus, who isn't a fan of Jesus? Who isn't a fan of Jesus' intellect and of his wisdom and of his kindness and compassion? Who can resist those things about Jesus? Who can resist Jesus, especially on the feast day of his birth? And then today in the gospel, we hear about some people who were made fans of Jesus, the shepherds awakened from their sleep by angelic hosts. So excited that they leave behind their sheep and they run to see what this babe is all about. And then later on, it says that they continue glorifying God and sharing the story with everyone. And who doesn't understand sharing a a wonderful story about a wonderful experience with everyone? And I'd like to think that the appearance of the angels were enough to inspire these shepherds into the into curiosity about uh, you know how this baby turned out when he grew up and maybe to become followers of Christ. But if I may be a little more prosaic for a moment, I, I, I imagine that they went on being shepherds. They went on telling that story and being fans of Christ. You know, in the end, it's not entirely real, is it, being just a fan of something. I once heard a writer I like, David Sedaris, who writes very autobiographical fiction. And he was talking about how when he meets his fans, they feel like they know him. And they do, because he writes all about his family in fairly intimate detail. He says, but the equation's not equal, because I don't know them. It's not a real relationship that we have because it's not two-way. I mean, if we are a fan of something, well, being a fan of something is nice and it's great, but in the end, it only skims the surface of what we are enjoying or appreciating. See, the good news in this, though, is I think the nativity of Christ, I think Christ's life, Christ's death, all those things tell us something about God that... It's of huge importance that God is not a fan. Angels sing to shepherds, see. They sing to working class people, to nobodies. Important thoughts are are, are committed to memory. Wonderful things happen. The, The Son of God is born to a young, unmarried, a young woman who, who, when Christ was conceived, was unmarried. 
a nobody. Important thoughts committed to memory by this little girl, not to scholars or rabbis. God is born into humanity decisively on this day. God is so committed to that humanity that the gospel writer makes sure that we understand just how human God was through this birth. And the same gospel tells us that in the end, God loves us so much that when God became flesh to live among us, God died for us, and God rose again, and God defeated death on our behalf. So God, I think we can safely say, is not just a fan of humanity, but is wholly and authentically engaged with us through Jesus Christ. So if God is not just a fan, then perhaps we have an opportunity through Christ not just to be appreciators of God. See, the good news, though, is that moving beyond being a mere appreciator, it's, it's not like I read in this Kyle Eidelman book, an act of will or discipline or even religiosity doesn't require of us goodness or piety or righteousness or an encyclopedic knowledge of Scripture. It does not even require us to have a gut-wrenching, emotional, religious experience that brings us to this God. No. See, this, this birth, Christ's birth, all it asks of us is a relationship with a God who continues to save us throughout our lives, continues to save us from our brokenness. All Christ's birth asks is that we continue to know and admit our need for God and allow God and God alone to fill that need All Christ's birth requires is that we become, in the course of our lives, more and more dependent upon God's saving mercy for us and less dependent upon ourselves. Christ's birth asks that we admit our need to God and that we admit that need we have for God to our community and that we allow God to forgive our brokenness and to repair our brokenness. Christ's birth into this world asks that we live in community with others who are being saved and restored by God. All Christ's birth asks of us is our lives and our communion with God. Being in relationship with God, then we are nurtured into this commitment, into this love for God and for one another. And see, what we do here in this place and what people do in in other church communities during their time together, it, it gives us week after week an opportunity to draw closer to God through prayer, through confession, through receiving God's forgiveness, through passing the peace to one another, through sharing Christ's body and blood together in a holy meal. Together in God's church, we are given the awesome opportunity to become God's body, to realize God's kingdom on earth, here and now. God offers this real companionship and abiding salvation. I'll say it one more time. God assumed human flesh, my brothers and sisters, and that changes everything.
God became flesh in Jesus Christ, and that makes God definitely not a fan. But it makes Jesus a much-needed Savior of us all. Amen.